With sports car racing news and analysis from around the globe, this is the Double Stint Podcast. Here's John DeGeese, Dan Lloyd, and Jake Kilshaw. Welcome to the second of our daily trackside reports here from Lama Double Stint at Lama. I'm John DeGeese, a Sports Car 365 Editor-in-Chief, joined by Daniel Lloyd, our WEC reporter, and Jake Kilshaw. we got the whole team here to uh, recap the second day of scrutineering in downtown Lama, as well as some of the news and notes from around the paddock here as track action continues to be built up ahead of... Uh, what will be a free practice one and qualifying on Wednesday. Um, guys, what was some of your impressions so far today? Um, generally, you know, we had the majority of cars go through um, the Passage, you know, in, in downtown Lamar. Um, also had some action away from the track. I know Dan and Jake, both of you were downtown talking to a lot of drivers. Um, what was your major takeaway, Dan? Yeah, it was an, an intensely busy but also quite relaxing day. It's, it's an opportunity for the, for the teams and drivers to... Uh, um, sign on and, and, and just ha- have a look and present themselves really in, in front of the public ahead of the ahead of the race weekend. Um, we we had about eight hours or so of uh, of weighing in and administrative checks. It, it was a long day, as you said, John. Loads of the teams went through. Um, we already saw Toyota and Rebellion racing, but we also caught a glimpse of SMP racing coming through um, from the uh, from the LMP1 pack, and we also saw um, quite a surprise addition, a new new livery for Dragon Speed, some uh, a Golf sponsorship was struck for for this race only as far as we're aware um but there's a there's a beautiful looking blue and orange uh, br1 gibson hanging around and we'll and we'll take to the track for the first time on wednesday but yeah uh, it, it, it was a good day of scrutineering lots of people there lots of things to talk about um the weather just about held off we we, we got rained on right at the end um, poor old weather tech racing i think they were the only ones to have a wet photo shoot with the with the uh, the group photo but um yeah all in all it was it was a very good day and, and it's really sort of wet our appetites for the uh, the on-track activity to come and jake what stood out to you the most um from what was obviously a, a busy day of reporting talking to drivers teams trying to uncover some of the storylines here this week at lamar yeah, as Dan said, I think it was just a good a good day, fairly relaxing, interesting, uh, speaking to a lot of people, very busy. I think there was something about 42 cars went through over the course of a day, so a lot of people to, to see and talk to and get the storylines. But everyone seems to be pretty positive about the week ahead, um, lots of stuff going on. Uh, it be interesting to see how the atmosphere sort of changes as everything moves back into the paddock for everything going on Tuesday and Wednesday onwards. But yeah, uh, great atmosphere in the town square again in Place de la Republique. Um, hopefully, um, uh, luckily, the weather pay, uh, stayed fairly fairly good for most of the day, as Dan said. A lot better than it was last year. Um, nice and sunny for parts of the day. So that sort of certainly helped the mood of everyone uh, walking around. So, yeah, a pretty good day, I think. And I wasn't down there today. Obviously, I was at the track um, working on some other things and talking to people over here. Um, what was the atmosphere like when the Fords came by? Obviously, a big fan favorite. Um, this is their final um, Lama appearance as a factory effort, although um, we had a story that there could be a glimmer of hope of having some Multimatic run for GTs in WEC next season. Um, nonetheless, you know, they're in the celebration liveries um, this weekend, and it looked like, you know, judging by the pictures, it looked like they put on quite 
outside a show. Yeah, absolutely. Real head turners, all of those cars, uh, celebration liveries from the past. Uh, but it's not just the GTE Pro cars from Ford. The, the AM effort from Keating Motorsports was a was, was a real popular addition. Uh, the, the, there's a small lane as the cars wait to go into the scrutineering bay to get weighed, where uh, the public can actually walk across the uh, across the, the track, so to speak. Um, leading the cars into the scrutineering area and that was I walked past that and it was absolutely chock a block full of people you couldn't get anywhere near the car you couldn't even see it because there were so many people clambering on top of each other trying to get a photo so uh, yeah the the, the Fords have have proved to be a real uh, real colourful addition and they came in right at the end of the uh, uh, of the scrutineering it's going to be interesting to see how uh, how Ford gets on at Le Mans they've taken a bit of a weight increase in the pre-event balance of performance um, but they always seem to show up well uh, some questions to be had uh, from bmw they, they were the only manufacturer that really had a what we could describe as a poor test day um two seconds off the pace at both cars at the foot of the order um be sure to check sports car 365 tomorrow because we'll have some uh, some thoughts from the team and and uh, where they think that uh, that pace might be lacking and and what could possibly be done for them to uh, bring back some of that during race week um so while we were at scrutineering examining the cars and uh, see seeing who was who was there who was turning up some people turned up a bit later being at other races throughout the event we had people from Blancpain GT World Challenge America DTM uh, even Stock Car Brazil uh, uh, all, all coming in uh, to, to sign their forms uh, while, while we were there following that John you were back here at the Circuit de la Sarte uh, lots of things to see just uh, give us an idea of some of the things that you uh, encountered during the day because while it was very busy public wise over in Place de la République over at Le Mans, in the circuit itself, there was still plenty going on. Yeah, it was quite interesting, actually, being at the track today during the day of scrutineering. Um, it was my first experience sort of um, doing such a thing like that. Usually I'm always downtown at the Place du Republic, but this time I decided to sort of take a step back and sort of check out what's going on at the track when a lot of the other teams are downtown. And it was quite a relaxing day, I'd have to say. A lot of people were laid back, willing to talk, um, had some great conversations with some team principals, technical directors, um, uncovered a couple little bit of tit some tidbits. Um, you can find that in our notebook on Sports Car 365. But I think one of the biggest uh, stories to sort of come out of today is, from what we understand, the confirmation that the hypercar regulations, which will be released, um, you know, finalized, announced, whatever you want to say, on Friday during the ACO uh, press conference, um, we believe that there's going to be options for hybrids and non-hybrids. So from what was initially proposed as a hybrid-only platform with prototype-based cars, um, we, we understand that um, it'll no longer be mandatory for hybrid powertrains in the top class. So that's basically going to allow a wide variety variety of different combinations of chassis, drivetrains, you know, what it appears to be right now is you can have a prototype-based hypercar that's hybrid or non-hybrid, and then you can have a road car-based hypercar that's either hybrid or non-hybrid, and then we're also expecting the LMP1 non-hybrids to be grandfathered in for another season. So that's a potential of five different combinations there um, going on in the top class that should be launching 
in just over 14 months time so um, really interesting you know obviously we're going to get official word on what all this will be about on Friday from the ACO um, we also also should have confirmation from both Toyota and Aston Martin as the first two manufacturers to commit to hypercar um, both manufacturers are going to be taking different pr- approaches with their designs we understand Toyota is basing their car off of a prototype and it'll be hybrid powered uh, much like what they have now but with a lesser hybrid system and then we'll have Aston Martin and what appears to be a production-based car and most likely without a hybrid so um, still unofficial still not 100 percent announced yet but um, these are the this is the information we've been getting through the paddock over the last couple days and um, it's been uh, interesting times for sure to sort of get the scope of the future uh, of what this championship will look like in just a a few short seasons all sounds very interesting indeed john and no doubt many fans teams and uh, even OEM companies will be waiting with bated breath to see what the uh, final decision is on, on Friday and to see where things go from there. Um, what other things did you see? I know, I know you've been speaking to Corvette about their um, possible chances. A very good test day for the American manufacturer. They, they topped the charts uh, in both sessions in, in the morning and the afternoon. Um, what was your take from speaking with the Corvette camp for what is a, a historic event for the manufacturer at Le Mans? Yeah, this is their 20th uh, uh, race appearance at Le Mans. I think it's by far and large the, the record. Um, there's been no other team that's come even close. And speaking to Doug Feehan, the, the program manager, you know, he's taking it with a lot of pride of what they've been able to achieve over over the years. And um, I sort of asked him a bunch of different things. And, and I think the biggest takeaway is that they're pretty confident about their pace for the race. Um, like you said, Dan, they topped the time charts in the test day, only marginally quicker than where they were last Last year at the test day, um, they're slightly lighter in, in terms of BOP, so that's made a little bit of a difference. But what Doug sort of re- related to was that the team feels a lot more prepared this time around. Um, they've done a lot of work in the simulator preparing for the race. Um, they've also they're also on the same Michelin tire that they've used in the opening races of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. So that's been huge, and not having to jump into this race with a brand new um, construction of, of Michelin and not really understanding the capabilities of that tire. Um, this was something that sort of came in, in place, I think, at the beginning of this year, where the WEC tires and IMSA tires are in complete harmony for GTLM, GTE Pro. And um, also some interesting notes. I know um, Jake spoke to Tommy Milner during scrutineering, and he raised some good points about some changes in regulations for this year. Um, we no longer have a 14-lap maximum stint length for GTE Pro. That was in place last year uh, among a number of different regulations um, that we saw sort of control the race per se and um, with this stint length no longer in place that offers uh, drivers and teams to sort of a stretch their fuel mileage if there's a full course caution or a safety car they might be able to go an additional lap or play other tactics um, out there so um, I think that was a really good point raised by Tommy Um, Corvette guys are definitely happy about this after last year's race um, got a little bit artificially in you know uh, run to that degree not only with the pit stop regulations but also a safety car procedure that gave the number 92 Porsche a 
a quite a bit of an advantage. I think they had about a two-minute edge and following the, the pit stop and basically cruised to the victory. Um, there's been changes there too from a technical regulation, from a sport, sporting regulation side, in that um, full course yellows, basically virtual safety cars, which, which we see in the WEC uh, quite a lot in regular season races. Um, those are going to be implemented here for the first time alongside slow zones and safety cars. And it appears that um, the WEC race director, Eduardo Freitas, is taking special close attention to the GTE Pro grid um, to make sure, make every effort possible not to disrupt their races while in the middle of a, a battle. It was a factor that decided the race uh, if, if effectively last year, and certainly the, the organizers have been taking the full course yellow approach very seriously during the test day. There were several full course yellows uh, that were utilized uh, some for genuine incidents but also it was a good chance for the uh, for the organizers to practice to see how such a system would pan out and I haven't really spoken to too many drivers about it but nobody was complaining about it after the test day um, so I can only assume that that was uh, a method that worked uh, fairly well and uh, and you have to say that really for GTE Pro um, the sheer level of factory entries and, and, and high quality entries that we've got throughout the field that kind of grid deserves an even race uh, created by the by, by the rules and regs uh, of Le Mans so this year we've got a great opportunity for what I think could be one of the best GTE pro races we've seen in a long time and, and hopefully that hopefully the, the field can also be reasonably close together and we'll, and we'll get a fantastic show Absolutely, and I'm really looking forward to seeing the first on-track activity and see what will comprise throughout the weekend. Well, next up on the show, um, we're going to have a chance to catch up with some of the drivers that went through scrutineering today. Um, Dan had the chance to speak to JMW's Jeff Siegel, uh, United Autosports' Paul DiResta, and Johnny Adam of Aston Martin Racing. That's next on Double Stint at Le Mans. Hi, I'm Andy Prio, and you're listening to the Sportscar 365's Double Stint Podcast. So I'm here with Paul DeResta, United Autosports driver in, in the Ligia JSP217 in the LMP2 category. Uh, Paul, lots of things to get through today, but no doubt you, you can't wait to get on track on Wednesday and start setting some laps. What are your thoughts heading into this year's Le Mans, having had a taste of the event last year? Um, it's a very good event. It's a very dragged out event. Um, but you can see what the unique, unique, how unique it is. Um, it's um, very special how the history goes back. One of the biggest races in the world, I would say and um, one that I got a taste of last year after so many years I wanted to do it but just with the way you tied them in manufacturers and if they weren't present at that it was hard to hard to convince someone but love the track it's got some great corners on it and um, it was a great battle and I think that's what I enjoyed it and gave me the bug to come back and do more I'm obviously going to be back next year again um, you know continuing on with WEC we United so um, yeah I'm looking forward to it it's going to be an interesting week with the weather um, get the, this bit of the job out of the way um, which is scrutineering uh, the bit that we don't like doing but uh, getting on track is the most important bit and then when it comes into the weekend uh, you know, the game phase comes on and that's when the stress levels increase What were some of the things that you learned last year some of the main takeaways from your, your debut in the race? Well I obviously ended our race last year with a big crash I got caught out actually going easy taking it easy when we're in a good position and caught myself out um, 
ended the race, uh, which, which was a big responsibility actually, and I felt a big weight on my shoulders because I had never shared a car and had that had that feeling. But we were all out there. We had a big fight in our hands because we lost so much time in the first hour with a sensor that broke in the car that the FIA wanted us to fix. But I, I just loved how passionate you had to be, um, how focused you had to be, the night stints, uh, and just the the way it all built up to it. And I think because it is such a big build-up, uh, you really see that on people. But, um, you know, we, we've been the lucky ones. I've been away doing other things in between times, but equally the mechanics have been here prepping the car since the test. So we had a straightforward test in very different weather conditions, and I think we can only get here and get a gauge for it. But I do feel like a little bit more relaxed because literally I hadn't been at Le Mans until this day last year. I literally missed the test, missed everything, and arrived a minute before scrutiny had started. So um, everything is more relaxed and um, a bit more on schedule than it was into the week I had. That's always useful for your prep going into the race. Um, looking at the, the competition in LMP2, obviously, it, it's a class with so many teams that, that have a chance to win. Um, how did the Ligiers stack up against the Oricas on this occasion and, and the Dallaras uh, in, in the pace charts? Uh, it's, it's no secret, Orica are very strong. They're the, I would say they're the, they're the benchmarks. Uh, we come here with a different tyre supplier this year, which I think is a big key, the Michelin. Um, it worked better on the Ligier last year. Um, so I think that's why we opted to make a change. Uh, and so far, it's been successful with that. But the big difference in temperature can throw you a lot. But the car felt good. Uh, we worked a lot on the race stuff, which was the key thing. I don't think qualifying is too much to focus on here. Maybe others were doing something different. Um, and we'll just really see where that, that stacks up. But it's a good driver lineup. Um, I think the, the harmony between us all is good. Uh, and I think that's key. Um, you know, if you can have less egos and get on with it, I think that's key. And Philippe's very experienced here. Uh, Phil's obviously done it a couple of times. So it's a big year. And it's, you know, the pressure should be on us to hopefully do well. And, and the United team is, is occupying two temporary garages this, this year. A bit of a bit of a different approach coming in. Uh, how does it compare there? Have you, have you got the same amount of space? Are you able to operate the way that you, you like to? It is the same amount of space. You wouldn't do it unless you had the same amount of space. Yes, you're under tents. It would have been extremely hot had we been racing on the test week because of the temperatures we had then. But really, at the moment, uh, the only thing that could surprise you is a leak. But the reality is the car's got to drive in the rain. Your skin's waterproof. Uh, and you just get on with it. You don't notice any difference in the operation side of things, and that's what's good. Uh, in the background, there are some restrictions on what you can do, uh, mainly the fuel, but that's, you know, you have to bring more staff to just cope with that. But I think as a team, um, you know, we're all focused on the on-track stuff and worry about the other side of it, um, the people who organise it. Absolutely, and, and there must be a real buzz in the team knowing that there's a WEC entry on the horizon, obviously coming, coming off of a great season in Asia as well. It, it's a great place to be at the moment. Yeah, it is, and I think that was one of the big things. Um, you know, we did the Asian thing to try and prepare Phil a bit more for his ELMS task, especially for Le Mans as well, and then obviously the big thing for him that was going to wet which is the championship with a lot of eyes on you, so it's a big year, he's got a good chance at it, um, and equally, uh, we just need to stay focused and, and try and drive on, and um, you know, with the driver lineup, I think we both mean Philippe at the point that we are in our careers as well. Uh, you're not necessarily out there proving yourself, you're out there trying to do a stable job and a professional job, and I think that's what you get from the two of us uh, within that working environment, hopefully that reflects on Phil's performance. Thank you, Paul, all the best for race week. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks.
So I'm here with Johnny Adam, who's going to be behind the wheel of the number 97 Aston Martin racing, Aston Martin Vantage, uh, GTE in the GTE Pro category. Uh, Johnny's just come off the back of a British GT race over at Silverstone, and he had a very early start to get here to scrutineering, but he's here. Um, he's been through the process. Johnny, um, just from, from your perspective, what does this sort of day entail? You, you, you seem very, very relaxed. It's quite a, quite a nice few days to sort of ease yourself into the race week, right? Yeah, no, Monday uh, scrutiny is quite nice. Good to see the team. Um, guys have obviously been busy behind the scenes getting the car all prepped for the week ahead. And a lovely team photo that we have this afternoon will be quite nice. Um, and nice to see people, nice to see some journalists here and some fans as well. And the weather is kind of holding off for us at the moment as well. So, uh, yeah, the scrutiny in part is all part of the Le Mans week. Um, and, yeah, it's the build-up to the big race. So uh, we're looking forward to the week ahead. And for you, it's, it's an interesting story of the 2018-19 super season because you've been racing an Aston Martin machinery throughout, yep. but with a couple of different teams. And this is the site of, what, 12 months ago, you were racing for the GTE Pro team, but you didn't race, you raced for another team uh, in the preceding, in, in the following races. So what's it like coming back in, into the factory lineup? It's good, you know, I've been part of the factory lineup for, it's my fourth Le Mans with the team. Um, and yeah, very much we like to support customers. And so after Le Mans, pretty much um, there was a, an opportunity with us and um, I'm racing to go and join TF Sport and help their kind of campaign towards WEC. Um, so I've done that for four rounds, which is really enjoyable. A team that I've I raced with currently and have done in the past and had a bit of success with the TF Sport. And then, yeah, to come back with the, obviously, the fact that the car uh, this weekend is really nice. And I personally hadn't driven the car for a long time. So we done a test not long ago, probably three or four weeks ago. And I have to say the car and the team have come on so much since last year's Le Mans. And the car is in a really good shape now. I think we understand the car really well now um, compared to where we were last year. And the results show for that, you know, for a brand new car in one season, okay, the super season has two Le Mans in it, but for us to win two races in that campaign is quite impressive, you know, both 95 and 97 have now had a victory each, and um, the test day was really good, you know, a few weeks ago, I think both camps were really happy on how the car was handling, so uh, the team are very optimistic, a bit, I would say a bit of feeling like we had in 2017 really, which is nice, everyone's got a spring in their step, and uh, we can't wait to get cracking really. Absolutely, and, and the advantage that you've been driving in the GT and class with TF Sport in the last last few races uh, that's sort of coming to the end of its tenure um, you've done a fair few miles in that car you've you've had some great memories with that machine what, what, is, what are some what are some of your memories from the previous gen vantage um, I think for me personally I remember 2013 which was my rookie test at the Mans that was my compulsory 10 laps and uh, to do it in that car was very special in the golf livery and it, but the highlight has to be Le Mans in 2017 obviously to, to win it and that was the final year in the pro class for us for the vantage but the car still successful, you know, TF Sport are, are still lying second or third in the World Championship Paul Dallana and Matthias and, and Pedro are uh, obviously world champions, they were, you know, a couple of seasons ago, so uh, the car has had tremendous success and I think that's testament to ProDrive, you know, testament to how good a chassis the Vantage has been to be a, a car that came out effectively in 2012 and then got developed obviously to the new regulations with Aero in 2016 and to be still successful to this day in the AM class is, is testament to what goes on behind the scenes at ProDrive with design and development but yeah it'll be good for these guys like us to have a good Le Mans really send that old vantage off in style if they can in the Amcans uh, and looking ahead to, to the current and the future of the uh, of the, the top factory effort with the new vantage coming in um, as you said a lot of confidence has been built over the last 12 months since the car made its Le Mans debut what are your hopes for the race for, for the race week in terms of pace a good showing at the test day where, where do you think you might stack up I think it's going to be close I, I feel there's a bit of uh, 
um, good competition. Obviously, there's a few obviously manufacturers like Ford and BMW that won't be here after uh, Le Mans. So obviously, they will be going as fast as possible and um, trying to get that final result under the belts. But I think the competition on the test they look very close. I have to say across a lot of manufacturers, and I think if it is that close, obviously everyone will obviously, obviously will show the speed maybe in qualifying this week. But um, if it's that close, I think we're in for an epic race, you know. And I think we are right in the mix that the car is, as I say, easier to drive for us drivers and the performance is definitely there. So I think results-wise, we have to aim high, you know, we have to be aiming for a podium uh, and if we can get that win like we've done in 2017, I think it, you know, it'll be it'll be there. But again, weather dependent as well. The weather does look quite unsettled this week. Our car seems to be very good in the wet, so we are praying for if, if there's a chance of a rain shower for sure. But at the same time, the last few results have been really good in, uh, in dry conditions as well. So, uh, yeah, we're optimistic and, uh, yeah, it's a good a good uh, spirit in the team. And, and just finally, look, looking at the grid as a, as a whole in GTE Pro, I mean, we've got so many uh, stacked entries. The field is, is superb and, and it's it's clearly a highlight of Le Mans every year. Um, as a driver, is that sort of... Is that is that really the pinnacle for you to be able to race in a field like that against like-minded drivers with similar talents and, and, in, and in incredible machinery? Yeah, I think the GT Pro class has always been renowned for great close racing has been in, in all the rounds but especially at Le Mans because the cars are so evenly bobbed and uh, there's not a lot between the cars and straight line speed so you know the, the cameras only show you so much on TV but when you're racing at 2-3 in the morning and you've got a Porsche, a Ferrari and a Ford nose to tail and you're in the mix with that it's a great feeling it's probably it, Le Mans is the highlight because obviously for what it is and the spectacle of Le Mans and the race itself but the racing here is so close to the GT class that um, I think it'll be an epic race in both classes I think the AM class is very heavily um, looked at with entries etc and the pro class as well so I think we're going to find um, a really really good race this year and hopefully we're right in the mix and I'm sure you'll be keeping a close eye on the GT AM ranks to see how your friends over at TF Sport get on yeah definitely them and obviously um, obviously the 98 car as well I'm sure those guys are going to be going flat out and uh, yeah if there's an Aston in both classes on the podium I think we're all going to be happy absolutely thanks very much Johnny all the best for race week thank you very much so here in Place de la République, I'm, I'm joined by Jeff Siegel, who's behind the wheel of the JMW Motorsport Ferrari 488 GTE in the GTEM category, co-driving with Waylu and Rodrigo Baptista. Jeff has just been through the scrutineering procedure on Monday. Uh, one of the first teams to come through today in a long list of cars. We've got plenty to plenty to get through on this fine Monday morning. Um, but Jeff, just give us an idea about what you've just done, the scrutineering process, had some photos taken. Uh, just give us an idea of what the day entails for you guys. Yeah, it's um, you know it's a lot of hurry up and wait here at this event. Um, you know they take uh, all the process very seriously, and it's a long tradition um, to have this you know scrutineering day in uh, in downtown Le Mans. So uh, we've just done the equipment checks. So they want to go through all of our uh, our Nomex underwear, our suits, our helmets, and make sure that everything meets the the correct specification for this race. Um, some of the media obligations, uh, you know, getting headshots and things like that squared away. Um, but then the, the really important thing is that the car is going through uh, uh, technical scrutineering right now. So they're just checking that the car conforms with all the regulations and everything is what it's supposed to be and uh, nobody's trying to get away with anything before this big race. And so far so good. Everything's all signed off. I'm sure you've, you've signed a few a few forms <laughs> today yeah. so far. Just, just a few. Um, you know, there's always a hiccup or two here or there, but uh, no, all, all good smooth sailing. Brilliant. And uh, coming here with JMW for the second consecutive year, um, a British 
British team, but quite a North American flavour to the lineup this year. Guys, guys who are familiar with uh, with, with championships out in the states. Um, how are you finding things with this this new driver combination coming in? Two new teammates in Rodrigo and Way, who who are both new to Le Mans as well. Yeah, I mean it's it's early days for this combination. Uh, obviously, Way and I have been driving together for a while, working together for a lot longer than that. We know Rodrigo from the United States, uh, from the GT3 championships there. We know his skill level. We know his ability. So when we had the opportunity to have him in our car, it was kind of a no-brainer. Um, but for Way and Rodrigo, the test day I think was probably more akin to drinking from a fire hose. Um, just a, a lot that they have to learn in a very short period of time. And my job is to try and, and ease that that transition and give them as much of the information and knowledge that I can to help that process. And as someone who's never finished outside the top five at Le Mans in his class, a pretty good person to be paired up with, I'd say. Um, tell us about the new livery. It's, it's a striking yellow and an orange sort of camouflage scheme. Um, hard to describe here on air, but there, there are lots of little things hidden in the hidden in the paintwork. If you could just give us an idea of what what some what, what are some of the things that we might have missed on the first look. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is that you know this is this is a really big race, and to have the opportunity to compete here is a tremendous honor for the team and for myself and for Way and for Rodrigo. So, um, you know, had this idea Way and myself to try and push the team to do something special, um, something that would stand out, um, you know, something that would be, uh, I'd say, you know, attractive and, and something that people wanted to spend time looking at, but also with uh, a little bit of uh, an homage towards JMW's past. So they've typically run yellow cars, so obviously that was a no-brainer. Um, but then we hooked up with uh, Andy Blackmore, who's just tremendously talented at, at livery design for these cars. Um, and in my mind, he knocked it out of the park. You know, it's a car that catches your attention, but the more you look at it, the more you see detail and the more you need to keep looking at it to pick out more and more of the detail. So just little little touches all over the car. Um, it's really special. I, I mean, I know that we still have a full European Le Mans series to do after this race, but to me, the car is one that you just want to park and put in the garage and you know and, and leave it, and not not mess it up. Mm. And and so is this livery just a one-off for Le Mans, or do you think it will carry on through the rest of the LMS season? It's a one-off uh, Le Mans livery, but uh, I don't know. Let's see if it's got some good juju. <laughs> I, I think it certainly does. Certainly, a lot of people snapping away here at scrutineering. Um, as we said, you, you haven't finished off the podium yourself at Le, at Le Mans so far. Are you hopeful of continuing that streak? The Ferrari certainly looked pretty quick based on what we saw in the GTM test day standings. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's difficult to read into the test day. Um, obviously, you know, you'd, you'd rather leave with good confidence, and I think we have very good confidence. The car was very good, uh, but the priority for us was to work through getting uh, Way and Rodrigo really comfortable, so to give them a lot of laps and make changes to the car uh, with them in the car and, and let them understand Le Mans. So for us, it wasn't about showboating and, and trying to be up at the front like uh, some of our competitors. Um, confident, but you never know what the other cars have. Uh, there's definitely gamesmanship here. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll find more. I'm sure they'll find more. So I don't think we'll find out in qualifying. I think we'll find out in the you know first, second, third stint of the race. That's when you'll really start to see where you are. But in the end, it helps to have a fast car. You can have the fastest car here and definitely not win. So I think it's about execution. It's about not tripping over our, our, our own uh, feet. Um, you know, just making sure everybody does their job and no mistakes, uh, nothing stupid, and we can be there at the end. Absolutely. It certainly promises to be a thrilling GTM battle. So many interesting cars in there, most of them going through scrutineering today. Um, just finally, Jeff, uh, next next few hours what, what, what is, or the next few days, what does that sort of hold for you, preparation for Le Mans? Um, how do you approach this, these next few days? Because it must be, I can imagine it might be a little bit frustrating not being able to get in the car until later in the week. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I have to say, experience definitely helps here because my first year, you arrive here on Sunday or Monday, depending on your scrutineering appointment, and you're all revved up and you're ready to go, but you don't get to touch the racetrack until late in the day on Wednesday. So there's all this time where you're just burning energy, excited and ready, uh, and nowhere to go. And then Wednesday and Thursday are very long days because they're biased towards the you know the evening. So you wake up early and you're you're ready to rock and you're on track until two in the morning sometimes. So the the whole week's schedule, if you're not careful, can just leave you completely drained before the race even begins. And I think that that's where the experience lets you know, okay, you know, we don't have much to do today. Let's get it done and then let's shut down. You know, you really need to conserve so that you start this race uh, with with batteries fully charged. You know, three drivers. It's different than the other 24-hour races that you have around the world, where you typically have four or even five drivers. You've got to do more work. That means less rest, uh, and you've you've got to be prepared. Absolutely. Well, hopefully you get plenty of preparation in the, in the next few days before the cars hit the track during the during the midweek. Uh, Jeff, thank you very much for stopping by and chatting to us. Scrutineering's all done for you. You can relax now for the rest of the day. Thanks for having us. All the best for race week. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Looking forward to a good race. Hey, this is Colin Brown, and you're listening to Sports Car 365's Double Stint Podcast. Thanks again to uh, Jeff, Paul, and Johnny for their time during scrutineering. I know it's a crazy atmosphere down there and lots going on, but um, it's, it's always great to catch up with the, a bunch of drivers ahead of the start of the official track activity. So, guys, Monday's in the books. Tomorrow's Tuesday, a bit of a slower day at Le Mans. We have an official group photo in the morning, um, but I know there's still going to be a lot of um, storylines that we're going to be digging through throughout the day, maybe getting some stories from you know yesterday published, um, tracking down some other breaking news perhaps in the paddock. Um, Jake, what's on your, your agenda tomorrow, and what can we sort of look forward to? Now, Tuesday's always a, an interesting day. I mean, people are sort of having a bit of a break after a couple of busy days already at scrutineering and before it all starts getting a bit more crazy again when qualifying starts on Wednesday. Um, so not too much going on at the track tomorrow. I'm sure we'll have a chance to catch up with a lot of people um, while people sort of catch their breath again. Uh, there is the autograph session in the uh, evening, so that's always a big part of the day for the fans. Um, and I'm sure some other stuff is definitely going to come out of the day, so it'll be interesting to see see what happens. Yeah, I- I really enjoy Tuesday, actually, not not because of the fact that we, we don't have as many obligations, perhaps, but certainly, or official obligations, but certainly because um, you can really feel the atmosphere ramping up during the day. The campsites are starting to fill up and, and that sort of fever pitch is descending onto the Segui de la Sarth. Um things are getting a lot busier and and we can definitely feel it coming so yeah plenty to look forward to even before the cars hit the track on wednesday and uh, yeah le mans ramping up for sure yeah and we're all looking forward to it for sure thanks again to the vanessa's for the kind hospitality where we're recording this podcast from it's great food great great atmosphere a lot of teams uh, use her services and it's highly recommended if you're a team if you're a competitor if you're a sponsor um, always headed to lama um, looking for some some good food great place to to settle back and enjoy the atmosphere in the paddock it um, she her group always puts on a great effort so thanks again to her We'll come back to you tomorrow for uh, a day three at Lamar Report. For Dan, for Jake, and myself, we're signing out, and see you tomorrow.